And we're back. Yes, we are back after a bit of a break. And we are black. After a bit of a break. Because I've been <laughs> mostly angry. But, you know, you know, it happened. What happened was it happened. And we aren't going to go in too deep on that. Yeah, no, I, uh, we were obviously talking about the election. Um, we won't say his name. Um, but um, after spending the last 48 hours talking about nothing but, it's a little bit taxing. It's kind of depressing. It's scary. It's sad. Um, I think most people are feeling exactly the same, so there's no need to name the feelings. Um, feel the feelings. Yeah, feel them, but you don't, we all know how we feel. Absolutely. Terrible, but... So we'll start with something light. I saw Doctor Strange on the weekend. I saw Doctor Strange on Tuesday. And? I actually saw Doctor Strange in the afternoon of the election because I wanted something shh, shh. positive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wait, 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 you, saw, you saw it on a day. Like, what? we're not going to talk about it. Oh, I thought I was just too loud. Yeah. Yes, I saw it uh, on a day this week. Yeah. Um, because I was like, uh, I, I need a little bit of distraction. I need to, you know. I love the I love the look. I love the cape. Oh, work. Wonderful. His cape was fantastic. Listen, here's the thing. DC, I've talked about this before. The DC cape work, it looks like a Lego snap-on cape compared to what Marvel's doing. Oh, and the Thor's fact cape that is amazing too. Thor's cape and Doctor Strange's the, cape. The way that it goes into his shoulders. It's yeah. so different, yeah. but, but so fantastic. Distinctive. Totally on point with the character. They're not sw- and they're not swallowed up by the cape. Like the cape just it, it just, enhances. I mean, when it, it wi- enhances. And when it wiped his tears. Because that cape gave him... There was comedic... Um, that cape, you know... There was that good, cape was a character. Yeah, it was a character. Like, when it wiped yeah. his tears. Yeah. That was amazing. It was it was very, very cute. It was beautiful. And I don't know anything about Doctor Strange. As I have said many times, I'm not a comic book person. But I've seen enough of, Do- of Doctor Strange to see um, him sort of, like, peering, like, tor- like his, his torso coming out of... The Netherworld, and they did that effect was done so well in the movie. It was done really well. I was like, yeah, this is. Uh, having said that, I mean, I can't say I loved the movie. I liked it quite a bit, but um, what I liked I was the most sometimes. is that even though some of the concepts were a bit, I mean, it's something beyond suspension of disbelief. I did really like that the real world parts were so grounded, and much like Guardians of the Galaxy, you could watch that movie and not have watched. Any of the other Marvel films. Oh, yeah, totally. I Actually, I'm wondering how they're going to integrate Doctor Strange into the uh, larger Marvel universe because this movie seems so disconnected from all of them. But that's good. When they can't re-up your RDJs and your yeah. Chris Evans and whatever, you now have these other characters and these other worlds where you are not dependent on them or you have to explain their absence. Even... Thor having to explain the absence of a Jane Foster, or RDJ having to explain the absence of a Pepper Potts. Like, yes. Those are clunky moments, and you won't need that if Doctor Strange never, ever talks to Tony Stark. And, I mean, I assume that you saw the post-credit sequence? Or the mid-credit sequence? There were two. Yes. And, first of all, who the fuck leaves a Marvel movie before lights are on and minions are sweeping the floor for popcorn? Like I, the people in front of us, they only stayed for the first sting, and they, they didn't stay all the way to the end. Yeah. Just ridiculous to me. But yeah, so you've like you set up your next antagonist, and quite frankly, I mean, we're gonna be all over the place with this breakdown because it's not really a plot summary. But I mean, spoiler? Are we spoiling? I'm. Yeah, I'm well, trying not to spoil. Well, I mean, okay. Let's just say that Marvel has a like. I love um, 
the Marvel um, extended universe. The characters are fantastic, the way that they riff off each other. And I think they do really well when they have human um, antagonists. Because I thought, like, uh, Captain America um, Civil War was great because the villain was a guy. Yeah. Having some gigantic thing <laughs> off in another world like that the let's just say that the antagonist in this movie Dormammu did not work for me at all that was not your jam no because what was I afraid of and we did have the problem where it's just like um the sky there's a big portal in the sky there's a big sky portal problem at the end of this movie too when things are going to hell uh and there's like weird things in the sky over a uh over an earth city um, so yeah, it's, you know, that's what I mean. Like the movie is, it was the parts of it that were enjoyable and God knows the, like the hyper, uh, inception effects were incredible. Like I couldn't stop looking at the way that buildings were being reconstituted and like, it just, it was amazing. Cause it's not just, it's not as simple as having like a kaleidoscope effect. Like there was a lot of mechanics to the way that those worlds were being rebuilt. It was just, it was amazing looking to me. Um, so they, you know, they did, um, they, the, the look of the movie is incredible, but the villain was like kind of a letdown. And even Mass Mickelson, I mean, I love him. I don't need to talk about how much I love Mass Mickelson because I love him. Like, I mean, I'm in love with him. But, um... His cheekbones. Yeah, but even him, like, it's just, you know, it, the, uh, he and his henchmen gave me a real, like, Dr. Zod, but... Or whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, General Zod. Gen- <laughs> Rank. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, General Zod. But not General Zod even from uh, the most recent Superman, but from the cheesy uh, Donner era. Uh, Terrence Stamp Zod. The best moment was the whole back and forth exchange, and I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it, of when he's talking to Doctor Strange for the first time in there establishing their identities and names. Like, that is oh, the gosh. one bit where... I feel like lesser actors, it would have been just straight up camp. And in that moment, it was all of the things you needed that moment to be, but also super funny. Yeah, because uh, they are both... and it, you They're know, this, both funny dudes. Yeah, this, yeah they're, they're yeah. really... They can be you know dead serious, but they're funny. And that whole... We're talking about the doctor-doctor business? Yeah, I mean, yeah. That was hilarious. It was... Because it wasn't... It was an old-timey who's on first. And they weren't... Act like they weren't playing it for comedy, but they kind of were. But it was, I don't know, it was, yeah, it was very, very charming. And I, I love, I love Mass Pickleson. I'm sort of coming around, I'm better than Cumberbatch. I actually thought he was extremely good in the role, and I actually don't know who could have done it any better. Um, I thought he was really good. Um, but and if they keep going with his character the way he is, he is the natural replacement in like that, yes, yeah. including the facial hair. Yep, and he's, he's utterly charming. Okay. I did think that his ascendancy to master level, whatever the hell he was, but weird hand movement person, was a little bit quick. I would have liked him not to have, because um, basically he he shaved his facial hair into a goatee, and then he was all that. It just the transition to me seemed very very quick. I mean, they didn't make him Sorcerer Supreme right away. <laughs> Sorcerer Supreme, yeah. Uh, but I will say. But don't you think his skill set, like he, it really like he, they did explain that he had an eidetic memory. They yeah. did sort of show that all he did, even when he was sleeping, was use his astral form to learn to, and absorb. Yeah, to read. Yeah. And I will say that 
on one hand, I agree with you, it seemed a bit quick. On the other hand, if we're going to have a whole bunch of new universes and characters introduced in this phase of the EU, right. I don't need every movie to be origin story of how you got your powers, what the source of your powers are from, whatever. Like, I get it. You've got powers. Just just give me the bullet. Yeah, and my thing and is... And make it 10 minutes. Don't make it the whole first act of the movie anymore. And my issue... So when I say speed, I really should be saying pacing because it doesn't matter how long the movie is. It's just that the pacing of his... You know, his apprenticeship, his like, being out in the wilderness, he was out there for a, a long time, and the amount of time that they spent uh, with him before he acquired his powers seemed uh, quite lengthy compared to the, power, to the part of the movie where he was actually being an apprentice. Like, it just it seemed like they could have dispensed, you know, especially for the kind of shrift that poor Rachel McAdams was given. Like, they needed to get him out of, you know, his, his Manhattan story a lot faster. Um, and... I love Rachel McAdams. She was wasted in this movie. Don't know why she took the role. I guess it was probably uh, the chance of being, you know, making some good bang from being a character in a Marvel movie, and presumably she'll end up in other Marvel movies, but, man, she, that was a straight-up girlfriend role. I mean, there is a possibility that the night nurse role that uh, Rosario Dawson's, Dawson's doing on yeah. TV, yeah. she'll be doing that in the next phase of the universe for the films. Yeah, because my understanding was that uh, she couldn't play the same character because Rachel McAdams was playing her, but this time she's a lady doctor. But yeah, you're right. Like, uh, there So, was a, like, there, there, was, there was a series, I think, of the Night Nurse comic books where there was, like, multiple oh, people. Well, so yeah. there were Rosario Dawson, the Rachel McAdams, and there was another character as well. Like, so there have been multiple... But Rosario Dawson was so much better served by Luke Cage than... Um, Rachel McAdams. But she wasn't that well served by the first Daredevil. So it took took a minute. That is true. But then, but she was better served. I mean, she's... And Jessica Jones. Yeah, like, it's nice being Rosario Dawson because she was, she um, actually had some, like, each each of her appearances in uh, Netflix Marvel shows have given her more to do because she was great in... um, and Jessica Jones and it left me wanting more. And she I'd love it so if she shows up too. in Captain Marvel. If she's oh, like, you know, great. former college roommates with, uh, what's her name? I mean, Room the, girl? The, uh, who? Oh, uh, Brie Larson. Yeah. I'd love it if they yeah. are just like, you know, having a girl's night out. The only thing is Marvel is cheap and I don't know uh, if they will. I mean, the only thing that's in Rosario Dawson's column is that she's a, an established movie actor already. But, you know, like, they're not going to pay Mike Coulter or... Uh, uh, Kristen Ritter, big money to be in a Marvel movie. But yeah, I could potentially, especially because I've let Rosario Dawson exist in all these TV shows. And yeah, but if they if they move the Rachel McAdams character through some of the other movies in the new phase, yeah. movies, like they've moved Rosario Dawson through the TV shows, like I'm okay with that. Yes. Like I hope she gets to. Oh yes. Yeah. So, no, yeah. I, so I want to no, see. No, I thought you were saying that Rosario Dawson would end up in. No, I feel like they the have. Movies. They I don't have think TV. She's going to. Yeah. TV night nurse. Yeah. Is Blatina. Yeah. Movie night nurse is white. And that's cool as long as I give her. She's Rachel McAdams. She's a great actress. Yeah. She was in. She was nominated for an Academy Award last year. No. Yeah. She lives in the city. I never haven't seen her riding her bike yet. She's lovely. But I think we'll take a little break, so that we could re up on the drinks. Mm. And overall, your thoughts about Doctor Strange? Yes, Uh, no? uh, You know, I enjoyed it. I didn't love it. I'd say it was a seven, seven and a half. Okay, let me run this back. Doctor Strange, 
versus Batman v Superman versus Suicide Squad. Okay. Well, no. If you could only watch oh, one of those on. movies. I would kill myself before I had to watch Suicide Squad again. And? Uh, and Batman v Superman is an abomination. So... Not in the order. So, uh, no, yeah. Did you do that on purpose? Because there's actually a comic book character named no, Abomination. I don't act like I would even know who that <laughs> is. So that's a sheer coincidence. Uh, no, like, I will say this. The worst... Marvel movie and Doctor Strange is not anywhere close to being the the worst Marvel movie. Is better than any fucking DC movie. Point blank. That's it. Full stop. All right. So uh, although I hope that Wonder Woman's good, but I don't think it's going to be. Listener, if you're going to get mad at us and try to find a way to send me an email, I don't even care. Do it for our stance on Marvel versus DC films and not on our feelings about the election because you know what we're Canadians so. What the fuck does our opinion matter anyway? Yeah, it doesn't matter. We'll be back the after we... The sun still shines here. The sun still... What am I trying to say? The sun still shines. We're trying to say we need another drink, even though clearly this one can barely talk anymore. Yeah. So we'll be back in a hot second. And we are back. Yes. With we a have, tankard. We have re-upped. Oh, cheers. Oh, it, it should have been more clangy. It should have been. You know what? There's too much liquid in the thing, so it doesn't make a clanging sound like pirates. I'll solve that in a hot second. Like, do There'll be more liquid in me oh. than in the tankard. That's good. That sounds Thor-like. Yeah, that's... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's nice. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, segment the second. And we're talking about the cast award. So, at the end of every festival, a wonderful man, James McNally, compiles a list of top films from... Basically movie nerds, whether they are paid, unpaid, people who love film, people who are paid to write about film. It's a smaller segment of people who participate in TIFF in some way. Mm -hmm. And he sends out an email and says, give me your top 10 by X date. Inevitably, people forget, like I did last year for the year end. Or, like I did this year, I sent it one day late, but he still got me into the numbers. And the results this year for the top 10 were, and are we going to start from the bottom or the top? Start from the bottom? Now we're here? Start from the bottom. Sure, sure. Yeah, start from the bottom. So the compiled bottom, uh, the happiest <laughs> day. That's what he said. Uh, the happiest day in the life of Olimaki. Did you see this movie? Did not. Hadn't even heard of it. No, neither had I. Yeah. Number nine, personal shopper. Oh, that is the uh, Olivia Assayas movie with uh, Kristen Stewart. Yes. I did not see it, but I uh, took an instant dislike to her uh, their previous collaboration, The Clouds of Silmarie. Silmaria, whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. It, it I don't think that uh, Kristen Stewart is a revelation in anything. I did I, like I, her in Equals. Being, am I right? I did like her in Equals, though. Yeah. I mean, she was being herself. The role she was born to play, someone with no emotions. Well, it's not that she didn't have them in that movie. She was, she was well, she had to suppress to them. them. Well, yeah. Okay. You call it acting, I call it B. All right. <laughs> Number eight, Nocturnal Animals. Which I think should have been way higher. It had a, it had, a masterpiece. It had a bunch of uh, chop folks. Uh, number seven, Colossal. Oh, is that the... Um, it was the monster movie with the Hathaway. The Hathaway. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I heard, yeah, I heard good things about that. That's interesting. I heard great things about it. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, yeah, okay. All right. We'll allow it. Yeah. Number six, certain women. No, what is certain women? No idea. 
Oh. That's interesting because uh, it made it to number six, but I it doesn't have any name name recognition. It was probably one of the five Isabel Hubert movies. Oh, you're Maybe. probably right. It probably movie. was. You know what? We'll check in the break, but I, I feel like it might have in been. In one Isabel Hubert movie, someone jizzed into a Kleenex and someone smelled it or something. I'm not even joking. Really? French. You know French people when they're movies. I mean... That's what they do. But everyone did it with like a really blank expression on their face. I'll allow it. Okay. So number five. Patterson. The Driver Driver movie. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the... Uh, you, uh, <laughs> if I remember correctly, you, I uh, that out. you had some real harsh things to say about Patterson based on only the description of the movie. Oh my God. You know, it was in certain women. Kristen mm. Stewart again, Laura Dern and Michelle Williams. Oh, come on. Yeah. En- enough with the Kristen Stewart. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. Fuck. But Michelle Williams. You know what? She was great in Manchester by the Sea. She really was. Uh, her one, that one scene, well... Um, maybe get her her award, and I'm which a, I'm number four, Manchester yes. by the Sea. Yes, which we uh, saw, and it was um, it was it's not what I thought it was going to be at all. I thought it was going to be a very different movie, but it was really really good. It was I, 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 yeah, I, uh, I, I did, once again, I don't like any of these movies any more than Nocturnal Animals, but it's all about you know, personal taste. Because my favorite movie is Mulholland Drive, and. Uh, natural animals feels like a like a spiritual child of not of Mulholland Drive. All right, number three, Tony Erdman. Uh, yeah, so I I didn't see it, but I know a couple of people who said it was their favorite. I remember the picture. This is the one with the blonde woman looking. She was like uh, into the far left of the picture in the tip book. That movie showed early in the festival. It was I think one of the first public screenings was. The first Thursday. Ah, okay. Well, I'll we'll catch up with it then. I will take their word for it. Number two, La La Land. Okay, yeah, you saw that and liked it. Did you know it? Yes. Uh, yeah. And Floyd, friend of the podcast, Floyd Kane, really liked La La Land as well. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Um, I've taken against it just on principle, but I'll see it begrudgingly and probably like it, but I won't admit that I did. It's a musical. It has our second favorite, Ryan. Like, it has a lot of strikes against it for you. Yeah. Uh, you got a singing and dancing. You got a, you got a, my least favorite redhead, the Emma Stone. Well, not because she's bad, but just because she's... No, she's like, I don't need her. She's not Chastain. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't even... She's not Adams. She's not Fitcher. She's not, don't you even, in the same day, say both of their names together at the what, same a, what about, a, what a Dallas Bryce Howard... I saw... Or Bryce uh, Dallas Howard? What? Yeah, God, you, what is you, that girl's name? It's Bryce Dallas Howard. <laughs> uh, all of his daughters, their middle name is where they were uh, conceived, uh, much to their horror. Um, it's true. Uh, but I mean, <laughs> Shouldn't I, their, their name just be Pants then? Or... or, or uh, yeah, or... That's that? M- mummy's butthole. <laughs> um, uh, no, I actually... I don't mind Bryce Dallas Howard, and she really, uh, in the new season of uh, Black Mirror, she really... I thought she was really really good so she's really she is uh she got a bullet next to her name like, i mean i mean i'm gonna kill her but you know she's like you know number one with a bullet she's like number three redhead with a bullet probably watch right. out isla fisher okay and oh actually we do have you know, actually once we get to the top of this list let's rank redheads let's do that yeah. and number one voted by the 24 voters that participated in the cast 26 tiff edition where there were 
112 different feature films mentioned, wow. 24 voters, 18 males, 6 female. I feel like that might be why he let me slip in at the yeah, 13th hour. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you know, different people voted for different films from mm-hmm. their top 10, one, whatever. This is like, so it's like a weighted rank. Yes. Number one, Moonlight. That is Moonlight. The Barry Jenkins joint that is currently showing at the Lightbox on multiple screens. Yeah. And we, we saw, saw it together. And uh, we loved it together. But we also loved Medicine for Melancholy, which we've talked yes, about before. that is true. Yeah. So much like when I feel like one of those kind of film snob jerks when I say... Yeah, but I loved Ava since middle of nowhere. Exactly. And people just think, yeah, but we were there. Yeah. We were there. It's not like we went to IMDb and went like, like Yeah. Like, like I, yeah. out of the hundreds of films, yeah. I picked Medicine for Melancholy. With a white Cincinnati. And actually, the female lead in that movie was tremendous, and I haven't seen her in anything since. She yeah. was great. And I have no idea who she was, but she was really good. Really, really good. I did really like Moonlight, but I feel... I think I liked it more than you did. You did, 100%. Yeah. It's, that's a movie that will... Uh, it will stay with me. Um, I think if I actually reflect back on it every once in a while. And honestly, I feel like I would have liked it more, it would have jumped out more if this year in general, and we talked about this previously, Too many good movies. hadn't been so strong. Like, yeah. This was one of Tiff's best years in, in a good long time. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm, actually, I'm actually surprised because Lion was the, uh, wasn't, was it Lion or La Land that was the award, the audience award winner? Um, La La Land was the audience award winner, but the runner-up was, was Lion. Lion. And it didn't make anywhere on this top ten. No. Although it was in my it top ten. your top ten. Yeah. So yeah, they also list other films with first place votes. So if a yeah, film... So any one film got a first place vote. But that it didn't make it into the top ten. Right. Uh, other films with first place votes were Birth of a Nation, I which... remember when the Birth of a Nation was a thing and yeah. people were talking about it. There was a controversy. Yeah. Which year ever 2016? This is like a footnote in 2016. Interesting wow. that a director who may or may not have raped someone can't. Well, Nate Parker should run for next president then, shouldn't he? Oh, maybe his uh, white collaborator should. But moving on. And The Leveling, which I did not see. Blue Jay. I saw The Leveling. Oh, you did? No. no. Oh, well, Loving's not in there. Um, the Secret Scripture. Yeah, I don't know what that. Don't know what that is. American Honey. I've heard great things about it. The only thing and our boy Ryan. The only thing we that's love. prevented me from seeing it is the fact that it's two hours and forty five minutes. Yeah. And I don't know how much of that I can take. Our boy Ryan. No, no, no. Who? Our boy Ryan. Ryan. Ryan from the matinee cast. That oh, was I thought you were talking about Ryan. One. I thought you were talking about our boy Ryan. No, no, no. Uh, that was Reynolds. his uh, number one vote. Okay. Yeah. I've heard everyone who I know who's, who's seen it has liked it. You've seen some movies with me and Ryan. Yes, yeah. I have. And Lion was my yeah. choice. It was your number one. Okay. And The Handmaiden. Which is also currently playing in the city. Yeah. I was actually, uh, that was a toss-up on, uh, so yesterday I went to see uh, The Accountant, um, and it was a toss-up between seeing that and The Handmaiden just as a post-election escape, but settled on The Accountant because it was only two hours and 15 minutes <laughs> only, but The Handmaiden is two hours and 45 minutes. I'm going to say some interesting choices that I'm seeing in other people's top ten uh, includes Reassignment, which I had as my number two hot mess. Yeah, oh, your hottest of yeah. messes. Next to yeah. King of the Dance Hall. And mostly yeah. Sunny, which was a not particularly well-made or informative documentary. 
I see what they're going for. They just didn't get there. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, this one person clearly saw a lot of Midnight Madness because they have Colossal, Belco Experiment, Free Fire. So yeah. I feel like this list is yeah. saying to me I had the Midnight Madness pass. But yeah. then there's an outlier like Red Turtle, which is this contemplative, no dialogue, mm. Studio Ghibli, like beautiful, oh. boyfriend was crying at the end of it, like just lovely bit of business. Animated. Yeah. 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 So, you know, you never know. Yeah, let's um, see there's a rational person who put nocturnal animals in. Actually, can yeah. we look at the, at the list of the person who put nocturnal animals in number one? Patterson. Mm. Interesting. Yes. This feels like but they list. also like personal shoppers. And, uh, yeah. They, but they also like the Manchester group. by the Sea. Yeah, so I And they had Loving in their top and they had, ten. And they had Loving, yeah. This is, you know, it's interesting because that, that list probably looks like one of, like, that could have been my list of things I would have seen. Mm-hmm. And this person that had, I mean, there's a lot of Tony Erdman and Blue Jay and Moonlight at the top. I will say that out of other things that are jumping out at me, oh, wait, I'm like looking at my own this list. list. Like, yeah. This seems like something, these seem like things I would like. Yeah. Okay. So my list, listener, which I don't think I had this compiled when we recorded our last one over a month and a half ago. Number one was Lion. Number two, La La Land. Number three, I Am Not Your Negro. Number four, Gina the Joneses, uh, produced by a friend of the podcast, Floyd Kane. Number five, I'm my t-shirt. Abacus, Small Enough to Jail. Number six, The Red Turtle. Number seven, Loving. Hello to Ruth Nega and your lovely, lovely co-star. I can't even say his name. I'm going to get too excited. Joe Ledgerton? Yes. Oh, dear. Moving on. Well. Number eight, Burn Your Maps. Jacob Tremblay. Yep. Yeah. Canvas Sweetheart. Yeah. He, oh my God, that kid is so charming. <laughs> yeah. Give him, give him two years. And I feel like a double header of that movie and the movie with the girl with the... Red Tattoo? No, no. There's a movie that's coming out. We, I think, did we see the trailer at uh, TIFF where it's a... Uh, Young girl who has like a a hunting falcon situation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the girl huntress. Yes. Yeah, it's like the same kind of region I think it's situation. The, the eagle, so the something eagle. Yeah, yeah. Or the eagle something. Uh, number nine, the journey. That was the two hander between Timothy Spall and. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. And ten. Patriot. Yeah, which you yeah. convinced me to keep, and I don't regret. New Zealand. Because, you Tomorrow know, Morrison. finished the festival with a Jane yeah. film and then saw Jane, Jane at the end yeah, of the festival. Then, yes, and then got a chance yeah. to have a little chinwag with Jane herself. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, but yeah, that was my top ten, which, I mean, differs very much from the compile list, but I do like participating in this. But yeah, everybody but else... like this, too, is yeah. to see movies that other people... Because I mean, to me, if I saw a list that had movies that I liked... I would be compelled to say, well, this person, they like the same things I like. Then I, that would encourage me to see things that they like that I haven't seen yet because I think, you know, they kind of, they, they get me. I mean, here's a person who has not one but two hot messes in their list. They have King of the Dance Hall and Salt and Fire, which I think is is so interesting to me. What's Salt and Fire? Salt and Fire is the other Werner Herzog movie. Yeah. So the Into the Inferno was the volcano yes. documentary. And that is actually now on Netflix. But the Salt and Fire is the one that everyone said, don't see it. Sounds like a great name for a restaurant, though. 
It is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write that down. Yeah, somebody has Kati Kati in their top ten, which you know was the film that won one of the awards from the. Oh, the director had his band, just a band, do the music for it. We talked about it the post festival episode. That was a great one. And yeah, it's it's an interesting mix of films. Buster's Mount Hart, which had uh, Mr. Robot Guy. Oh, uh, Robin Malik? Yeah, which I, it was on my long list. It didn't make it to my short list or my films I actually saw, but the actually, people I know that I actually saw it seemed to enjoy it. Although, I think two people I did talk to were kind of on the mess scale. Oh, well, actually, uh, just a little uh, pivot off that. Um, Robin Malik has been cast as Freddie Mercury in the role that originally Sacha Baron Cohen was going to play in the, the bio in the biography of, um, of Freddie Mercury and Queen. But actually, when you think about it, it's actually a really good casting choice because even though Rami Malek and Sacha Baron Cohen look nothing alike, they both kind of look like Freddie Mercury. Yeah. So um, we'll see how that goes. I'm really interested in that, actually. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the reason that Sacha Baron Cohen stepped back was because it was a much... Uh, it, all the existing uh, members of Queen are... Uh, executive producers or consultants, so I think it's a fairly sanitized version, and Sasha Baron Cohen didn't have any interest in playing a sanitized um, Freddie Mercury, so I don't know that it's going to be a great movie, but uh, we'll see. Another movie that I didn't see in a lot of other people's top ten, JT and the Tennessee Kids. However, I know a couple of people who really enjoy that as well. I tried to watch it on Netflix. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Couldn't get through it. Yeah, I mean, it's not... It's, I mean, the title. There's nothing in that title except for the word and and possibly the word the that appealed to me. I hate everything else in the title. No, I, I watched the first, Children. I think, 15 minutes of it. Here's my struggle. Any kind of like concert film where it's about the last yeah. show and a tour and whatever, even if it's good, if I'm not seeing it in a theater, because one of the people I know really liked actually saw it on IMAX in one of the screens, and I was like, oh. I get it. You know, yeah. it's stiff, you've seen a lot it's of serious immersive. stuff, yeah. you whatever, and then all of a sudden you have this, you know, moment of, you know, entertainment, music, and joy. I get it. I get how you could, like, fall prey to that. But watching at home, Netflix on the couch, yeah. there's some beats that you kind of need in that concert film movie, and I feel like if you make someone wait too long for, like, here's the first big number mm-hmm. from a song you recognize... I might not get into it. So, like, you need that cut narrative. You need that skip to the end. You need that show me something, and then your next, you know, screen is 36 hours before. Like, give me my big number. Give me my suit and tie or whatever it is. And then let's get back to, hey, yeah. he's arriving at the yeah. show. For I mean, and, and you had to wait a while for that first number, and the first number that they chose wasn't one of the most popular songs. I so, mean, and and me, maybe it builds, but I was like... Justin, like to me, a little Justin Timberlake goes a very long way, too. Here's the thing. I'd rather watch Ross Marquand do an impersonation of Justin Timberlake right now than watch Justin Timberlake. Just, Justin Timberlake, yeah. yeah. Justin Timberlake is Justin Timberlake's number one fan, which makes him rather insufferable. He's also best bros with Jimmy Fallon, who I will not be watching anymore for reasons. Oh, yeah. So, Prevenge also pops up on someone's top ten, which I did enjoy. 
Oh, yes. Okay. Which, with the pregnant woman who had a bit of a temper and a baby who may or may not have been telling her to kill people when it was still inside. Deepwater Horizon is on someone's top 10, which, okay, sure. Yeah, but I mean, Deepwater Horizon has been a fairly well-reviewed movie. Um, it, you know, it fell squarely in the, into the sort of like the disaster genre, but apparently it's a very good entry into the genre. Um, so when, it, you know, when it's on t- TV or, you know, out there in the ether for free, I'll watch it. But I, I mean, it's not a movie I'd see in, a, in the theater. But yeah, like, I'll definitely, I'll, I'll DL that. And Gibby Danger, which is now, I believe, screening at the Lightbox. Yes, I think it is. That's the uh, the uh, Iggy Pop. Yeah. Which, after watching the Trainspotting 2 trailer, I'm slightly more open to. Just, you know, good memories of listening to Lust for, for Life, Life on yeah. the original Trainspotting soundtrack over and over again. So thoughts on, did you watch the Trainspotting 2 sound or trailer? I have not. Oh my goodness. Okay, I... You know what? We're gonna, you know, shut your mouth. On the break? We're gonna, we're gonna break right now. I'm gonna make you watch it. We're I, gonna... I've seen, well, you know what? I actually, uh, so in front of Doctor Strange, I mean, first of all, there were about seven trailers in front of Doctor Strange, but I was really glad that I hadn't watched the Rogue One trailer on TV. I'm oh, sorry, on, uh, on, uh, well, on a small screen. Yeah. So that was in, that was ahead of it. Um, there was also, uh, I think we saw, uh, yeah, and I've seen the Guardians uh, trailer as well, but it's nice to see it on the big screen. It was beautiful. Yeah, it's just, it's, uh, so I actually prefer to watch my trailers in front of my features. Call me old-fashioned. So we're not going to watch it, or do we want to watch no, it on your big screen over there instead of on the laptop? Yeah, we can watch it, but even that, I mean, we can watch it on the big-ish screen. And, uh, and you know, once again, like, Trainspotting isn't as cinematic as Rogue One, like, seeing everything uh, on a gigantic screen for... For a, and I'm not gonna lie, there was a moment where I teared up. It was around, she, I forget what the line that uh, Felicity Jones' character says, but she said something about hope, and I was just like, <laughs> so maybe they give a new hope, and I got all <sighs> reclaimed. It was, it was, it was aren't, rebelli- aren't rebellions about hope? Yes. Yeah, I feel like Rogue One is really yeah. gonna land with a lot of people right now in a yeah, it new was, and different way. Because I, it just taps into all that nostalgia, and uh, it made me feel and, like there's and good out in the world. And rising yeah. up at a time when perhaps there might not be enough hope and the change is being reversed. So, you know what? We're, we're getting dark again. I feel my eyes welling up. We are going to take a break. We're going to watch a little Transpotting 2 on your larger screen, yep. and we're going to come back. And we're back. Yes, after a break to watch the Trainspotting 2 trailer, which was everything. And also, they reused one of the best songs off that soundtrack, Born Slippy. Although, honestly, that was one of the first soundtracks, when we may have talked about this before, that made soundtracks awesome. Yeah, like where you would buy the soundtrack. And listen to the whole yeah, thing. Unless, yeah, because it was full of good music. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like, oh, there's one or two good songs. It's I, yeah, the whole package. Was, uh, if, I mean, 20 years ago, when the hell did Pulp Fiction came, come out? Because to me, Pulp Fiction was that, that was a soundtrack album. It's like songs that I'd never heard of before because they were... It was around the same time because Pulp Fiction was... 
university ish. Yeah, was... yeah, because I feel like Pulp Fiction came out. I don't, I don't think I lived here yet. I think, but I think it was a couple of years before I moved here. So I feel like, yeah, it may have been 22, 23 years. It ago. was that era yeah, but, of yeah, the awesome time, yeah. movie soundtrack. The the carefully curated soundtrack. Yeah, everything from your uh, Dusty Springfield, your top five lists in uh, Cusack, Nick Hornby. Oh yeah, yeah, um, adaptation. Uh, whatever that movie was called. I can remember the name of the record store, Championship Final. I can remember yeah, that was my first the name of the girlfriend, this Laura. Is the first time I ever saw Jack Black. Why can't I remember the name of the movie? Uh, it's not uh, so... Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a stand for that movie. It was yeah, okay. but it was it but was I, another good soundtrack. But I actually read the book before I saw the movie. That I can't remember the name of. And the movie was British and the TV... Oh, for Christ's sake. Why yeah. you just kill me now? And Fever the, Pitch was the other the one. The book was a British and the movie was American. Oh my which god! Which is kind of kind of a, no no no. Are we gonna Google no, this? No no because I think we're we, gonna remember this. Yeah, it was uh, called uh, Top Five. No, that's that's not what it was called. He had a lot of top five lists in it. Yep. I can see the Nick Hornby VHS cover. Oh my god, I had the VHS and it was like orange uh, and white. I said we just challenge ourselves. I think we should move on, and then and it'll whoever come back yells to it us. first wins. What do we win? Um, well, I'm gonna drink this drink, and okay, I get to, uh, if I win, I get to drink your drink as well. Okay. So anyway, Transpotting Two, <clears throat> the trailer's great, but it reveals a challenge I have with YouTube right now. High fidelity. Yes, you win. I win. YouTube right now, when you are right at the end of a video, it gives you like a next up, similar to Netflix, and that little rectangle shows up in the top corner. The last shot of the Train Spotting 2 trailer is the best shot. Don't want to spoil it. And yeah, that whole focus. little. Yeah, it does pull focus. Yeah. It's really annoying. So and I do, I, I do hate at the end of every Netflix. Show when you're watching the credit, it goes small. Now you can go back and click on it and make it big, but it's like it ruins the flow of it. It's like it's very annoying and it happens every time. And because I am on, uh, like I wish I could just disable that. Yeah, like it, it'd be nice if you could override it. Because I'm nine and a half episodes into The Crown, I watched the first two episodes and thought it was garbage, but then I kept going and then turned a corner and became very enjoyable. Um, there was one scene where Prince Philip. Basically, he tells the queen to give him a blowjob. Uh, oh yep. my god! Yeah. And there's a scene where um, don't spoil it for me now. I don't want to watch yeah, it. Yeah, but I'm saying out. like that's what it. Yeah. Like I'm not saying it's wall to wall cock and ball, but <laughs> I actually just coined that. Let me just let me write that shit down. Episode uh, title. But is uh, I'm writing it down right but, now. But it is uh, it becomes more soapy and less drama as it goes on. So I enjoy the I'm enjoying the hell out of it at the end of it. Because uh, at the beginning, I was like, oh, God, Elizabeth is so boring. Um, but yeah, like, uh, you know, uh, we're finally getting somewhere. So I'm actually, I'm going to watch. I mean, um, Netflix has uh, committed to six seasons of this. So there's going to be 60 episodes of The Queen. Sorry, of The Crown, which is a lot. Uh, when I start, first started watching it, I was like, I can't watch uh, six seasons of this. But I can now. I could probably watch them all on the weekend if they all dropped at the same time. But yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> And well. Philip's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> FYI. Well, I mean, the real Philip is an asshole, but Matt Smith plays him as, um, I don't know, I mean, we've never talked about Matt Smith, and I've never been, like, I'm not a Doctor Who fan at all. 
Um, I believe they call themselves Whovians. Yeah, well, I'm sure they must call themselves Whovians. It doesn't make sense. What does that even mean? What's that referencing? I don't know. Shouldn't they call themselves hooligans? I'm just saying. Know, like, if I, was, I don't know. Anyways, um, but Matt Smith, uh, <clears throat> I probably shouldn't even say this, but I'm going to say this because, if only because it harkens back to um, uh, the end of this election cycle, but my friend Aaron and I were you know, talking about how weird Matt Smith looks, and I referred to both him and Benedict. Uh, cover batches looking like late-term abortions because <laughs> their features <laughs> I didn't say it was that's, listen I prefaced it um, yeah and then I also said that Matt Smith looks like he should be in a formaldehyde jar um, his features are I, you know it's, I, he, you know he's he's not ready like there's something really it's not reptilian it's alien he does not look like a human being and he plays Philip. So when Philip is meant to be sort of a dick, he comes across as an absolute alien menace because of the way that Matt Smith looks. Terrible casting choice. The real Philip uh, when he was young, very, very handsome. And the weird thing about this production is, you know, we're, we're used to seeing biopics where the people, uh, the actors playing the real people are better looking than, like way better looking than the actual people. So you would think that with the British royal family, it would be a slam dunk to get actors who look better than them. There's so many hot young Brits. But almost to a person, the person playing the royal is far worse looking than the actual royal. It's really quite something. You look at the royal people, you're like, oh my God. I mean, you know, Princess Margaret, when she was young, was beautiful. Uh, Queen Elizabeth, when she was like in her 20s, was really, really pretty too. Yeah. I mean, you know, like no shade to Claire Foy, but Claire Foy does not look as good as a young Queen Elizabeth. Uh, And Philip was actually very, very handsome, and Matt Smith is not very, very handsome. Um, so you're watching it, and you're like, oh, my God. You know, the guy who plays group captain, Mark, uh, or Peter, group captain, Peter Townsend. Uh, not as good looking as a real fellow, so, yeah. But having said that, it is it is fun. So, um, yeah. I mean, we weren't going to talk about The Crown, but I talked about The Crown. Sue me. Uh, but, you know, it's good to know, because I was going to say for... It's a nice weekend watch. I was going to say for transparency nice. to my... It's not a new rule, but it's a rule that's been evolving where if something only has non-people of color in it, in front and behind the camera, it's not that I won't watch it, but it goes in my list of... Yes. I'll watch other things first. However, Danny Boyle gets a bit of a pass there. Also... Transponding to, I will break that rule for that and yep. like watch it in the theater, hopefully opening week, and I will have no concerns or reservations about doing that. It's not like going to see The Great Wall, still mad at you, Matt Damon. So there's that. Yeah, and for something like me, obviously, uh, you're watching The Crown. It's Britain in, it's about the royal family and it's the 1950s in Britain. Um, I have no expectation of seeing people of color, so I don't really have a problem with historical um, pieces that don't have people of color. It's when pe- movies are set in like modern-day Brooklyn, and there's no people of color that I have a problem with. But um, you know, I as long as the you know as long as the piece like if it makes sense for there not to be people of color, because quite frankly, one of the worst things uh, you can do is to have the enact 
anachronistic appearance of a person of color. Um, where the, so, so for instance, um, The Magnificent Seven, which was remade with Denzel Washington as the lead. Um, it's the, I guess, 1860s in the American West, and he is a, you know, he's like, I think he's a bounty hunter, and he's black, and that's not even, like, it's not really mentioned, which, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, don't cast Denzel, I'm saying it's weird to cast him and to not have race even be an issue, like, it's just, because it's not, it's, did that you never see Magnificent Seven? I did, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, but if you update something like Westworld, and now you have a Jeffrey Wright, Nathaniel Newton, whatever, then that's different. Because, yeah, because that's now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you... Exactly. So, but if it was actually set in, you know, the 1860s, Tandy Newton, she would not be a madam at all. So, yeah, that's what I mean. So, if you're going to contemporize something, that's fine. But if you're going to pretend like this happened way back then, and to ignore... I mean, that's one thing about Django. That's, you know, Django was kind of, he was a gunslinger, but um, his, he didn't get to ride into a town and not have every fucking head turn when he, wa- when he rode into town because he was a black dude. You hear what I'm saying? Anyways, I forgot what I was talking about in the beginning. Oh, The Crown. Yeah, The Crown, um, for a nice weekend in, if you just want to chill, watch some royal fools act some foolish. Uh, it's enjoyable. And I am looking forward to the Gilmore Girls when that does come on Netflix. I understand that's probably against everything you believe in. Yes. When it, uh, isn't it coming this... It's coming this month, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even for the... Yeah, because they've ramped up the promotion stuff. Uh, yeah, I did not watch a... Um, a single episode. A single episode of Gilmore Girls. I watched every episode. I don't of care Gilmore for that. Rat a tat, 1940s style. Rosalind Russell, his gal, Friday. Um, delivery. It never, I, hate, I always hated it. I like to consider myself a cinephile. And there are, like, I've gone back and watched, um, like, some Jean Paul Belmondo movies. I've seen, like, um, French New Wave movies. I, Fellini, I did yeah, the food and I, film I, Fellini. Yeah. Um, but there are, are some movies that I just can't, that are, like I tried to watch, what's it called? Weekend at Marion Bad? Um, it was a dreadful bore. I feel like Louis Benoit movies would, and I, once again, I don't know, but I feel like they're not for me. Um, so while I appreciate the fact that they're out there and that they will always exist and they're probably masterpieces, um, there's sometimes I go back and I watch movies and I'm like, I... And this even happens with movies from the 60s and 70s. Like, God, if you... Like, sometimes when you go back and watch even an action movie from the 80s, like, if you... I can almost guarantee if you went back and watched the original um, Die Hard, it would be, almost be unwatchable because the... Are, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the original Die Hard. Original Die Hard is still one of my favorite Christmas movies. Ooh, why are you so mad? I'm... Yeah, I'm putting a mean mug on. Well, okay, yeah, so I'm gonna... I... Well, then it... From beginning to end. When I say you, I'm not talking about the royal you. I'm talking about the non-royal you. Um, but yeah, like the... I think you picked the wrong movie for that one. I don't know if I have. I think the action beats aren't what... Because like, movies from that era aren't made like movies like uh, from this era. There's a lot of movies that I grew up on that I think I love and I go back and watch them. I'm like, oh my God, this movie's unwatchable. This Christmas, I implore, just watch Die Hard. 
Why do I have to wait to Christmas for Christmas? Because it's a Christmas movie. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not. It's a movie that takes place at Christmas, but I Actually, any time after American Thanksgiving, which is the 25th, like, please watch Die Hard again. I might, a, watch, it's I might great... watch it tomorrow. If I, if All right, I do it. Well, I'm not going to, but... Do it. And... I think that I you need to pick something that's actually okay. So let's say that's, that's a terrible choice. Okay, let's say weird science. <laughs> yeah, weird science. Which, there you go. Which I there loved when I was uh, a stupid teenager. I think I wouldn't be able to. It didn't strike me as sexist at all because I had no framework for knowing what something sexist was. Uh, I you know these two horny teenagers build Kelly LeBrock. That's true. In defense of Die Hard again. I feel like you're thinking of Bruce Willis, but you're forgetting Alan Rickman. No. I'm talking about... Hans not, Gruber? Everything no, no. he says and does. I'm, not ta- I'm talking about the way that the movie uh, is made, the way that action movies aren't the way that action movies in the 80s and 90s were. The pacing is a lot slower. It's a still, lot of times when nothing is happening. Oh my God, it's so good. Okay, so. I'll, 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 you know, I'll, I'll watch it and... And be persuaded, but like for instance, so I can go back and it has Run DMC Christmas in Hollis. I mean, so I love uh, my favorite movie is Mulholland Drive, but my second favorite movie might actually be Terminator Two, which still holds up. But I can't watch the original Terminator anymore because it's so fucking. No, boring. I definitely can't watch original, but boring. I still love Terminator Two, yes. which is why I still. You know what? We'll get into this next time. I mean, we may do a holiday movie slash Oscar bait cast for our next one. Yeah, that's actually a good idea. There's a lot of stuff that's coming out um, between now and the end of the year. Um, I mean, it has been really. I mean, as terrible as it has been, um, as terrible a year as it's been for the world, it's actually been a surprisingly good uh, movie and television year. And so there's like some stuff that's, you know, the last, we have what, six weeks of 2016 left? It doesn't all have to be shit. There's some good movies that may, you know. Again, I'm actually really looking forward to Allied, too. Like, the trailer. That's a... I'm, I'm so in on Allied, I can't even tell you. And thanks to climate change, which may or may not be real. Oh, it's, it's warm as hell here. It's beautiful. I'm in Canada. I've not broken out the parka. No, I no. I am walking around in a summer jacket. Okay. I mean, I... There was a couple of weeks ago where I was like, I need my gloves, I need my gloves. Uh, and then uh, a couple of days ago, I was walking and I had back sweat, so... Yeah, I don't need my gloves yet. It's, uh, I, you know. Even if climate change isn't real, it's yeah. kind of fucking awesome. Well, I mean, with the new administration, climate change will never be addressed. So we, I think we can just look forward to more and more of this. Yeah. So don't be sad about the next 48 years because we'll all burn in a methane gas-induced fire in the next <laughs> two or three. Keeping it real. And we're out. And we're out.